Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. We are live at the Axos Advisor Service Conference, Focus on the Future, in Denver, Colorado. And we're joined by Carl Frank, who's the president of A&I Financial Services. A&I is a Colorado company that helps a number of successful families grow and protect their investments. Welcome to the podcast, Carl. Thanks, Doug. It's a pleasure to be here. You're a second-generation family firm. Was there any other choice for you in a career? I love that. Actually, I did start out completely different, and I married well. So he's my <laughs> in-law's company that we started here. Yeah, that's right. So that's a good piece of financial advice, marry well. <laughs> <laughs> so your firm works with a number of successful families. What is it about families that has your interest to want to help them? Doug, that's a great question. We started out, you know, I, I like I was saying, in a completely different industry and, and worked in um, uh, marketing and technology. And that firm was acquired by Lehman Brothers eventually in, in around the year 2000. And Lehman Brothers let us all uh, let go here in, in Colorado. It was a big layoff. And, uh, and so then I went into my in-laws business in, in Art and Inga. When they founded A&I, that's the secret behind assets and income. The A and the I actually stands for Art and Inga. It's a small family business, of course, and we're a lot bigger now than we were back then. Um, they had a goal to retire in, in not very many years, and so they brought me in, and, and my wife had always kind of grown up in the business. You know, it was founded in 86, and so she was a teenager when the business was founded and, and grew. And, you know, we helped them achieve their goal. Like, his goal was he was a Navy guy, and he wanted to get back and own a boat, and so he helped them buy a boat and literally sail off. But that was the experience that we had to work to achieve the experience that my father had as a small business was the exact opposite. And and so it was kind of a tragic story because he died at 62 owning a business without an exit plan. And so between these two experiences, between this huge success and this you know pretty tragic end to, to a business that my father had spent his life building, uh, you know, I'd had the bookends, if you will, of, of what it's like to be a small business owner and to help these people has just been a driving passion of mine. Uh, from a very young age, but certainly since the time we, we founded our, our investment advisory team. The topic of money is taboo amongst families. You know, it's a big deal. How do you get families to open up about it as a unit? It is. You know, we're taught from a very young age, you know, in the Christian faith, you know, we, we kind of misquote the Bible and say things like, you know, money is the root of all evil. And, and in other faiths, it's very similar. And, and so we kind of grow up, money is dirty. And, and it's very hard sometimes, but there's nothing more emotional than money. The topic itself just brings up all sorts of feelings about the future, about the past, about our own values and goals and the people we love and the things we want to do. So at our firm, what we do is we start with a very um, com- a conversational introduction to each other. We call it a discovery meeting. It's as long as 80 minutes long. You know, an hour and a half is too long, and an hour might be too short. We might just be getting to know each other after an hour, but we get tired, so we, you know, we limit this. And we just start with really um, conversational topic, like what does money mean to you? And, and, and we dive in pretty slowly, and we get at you know, the stories behind the money and, and what this means for the person we're talking to. 
I'm sure you've heard the phrase shirt sleeves to shirt sleeves in three generations. Intergenerational wealth transfer is a big deal. How are you preparing families for that? Great. You know, we're going through that in our firm. So, you know, my kids are at the age where they're figuring out what to do with their lives, you know, at college and, and just graduated and one on his way to college. And so we're feeling that too, is, you know, is this generation behind us going to take over the firm? Is the kids of the other people in our firm, are they going to take it over? How do we prepare them? So it's more than just an academic approach here. It's, it's, we're dealing with the same problems that our business owners are. So what we did years ago was we took a, um, a whole series of coaching programs and we did a lot of work with business owners. And, and one of my favorite clients was a gentleman who had built this firm. It's a great niche firm in, in Colorado. And it turned into, before cell phone towers and, and, and batteries um, became omnipresent, he was a battery business. He was a Navy guy on a submarine where the battery is everything. The battery is life on a submarine. And so he really knew batteries. And so he built battery backups for cell phone towers. What an exploding business to have been in 20 years ago with the cell phones that went up all over the country. Wow. So his business grew like crazy, yeah. but it's a family-owned firm. And the next generation, kind of a bunch of knuckleheads, you know? I mean, they're really trying to figure out their way 20 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So at, at that point in time, since that point in time, um, the founder of the firm has passed away. And we had helped them with the plan, and, and the family had life insurance, and it transitioned to the next generation, and they grew up real quick. Right? So by the time that that happened, they had had a lot of experience. Well, we had worked with them and the second generation just on their own financial plans, on not just getting um, everything given to them because they'd been driving the company truck, you know, and they'd been flying on the company dollars and, you know, used to living, you know, the various things that they had to do to build their business. So it was more, dad said, no, we're going to pull back the reins and let you try and make some comfortable mistakes with the money. And so... With us, it's, uh, you know, we've got the coach and we've got this series of progressing things that we go down. But for a business owner to plan the exit early, like we did with Roy, uh, was a game changer for the business and for the family. And, and since that point in time, uh, that firm's been gobbled up. The second generation has since gone ahead and retired. So it was, a, it was an amazing success. And, and, you know, God willing, we all have that similar experience. There's a whole lot of things that went right for that firm, namely this massive gross in the growth in the industry they happen to have built their business in. Do you find a mixed bag of the second and third generation's interest levels up and down and around? <laughs> I see that in my own kids. Are you kidding me? I've got three children. The oldest is an artist. The second is very driven and, you know, very yeah. business oriented. Yeah. And I'm going to go through business school. And, and the third is just an athlete. I mean, you know, they don't really know. Yeah, we see that all the time. There's always a mixed bag. And and even in a family like ours, where we try to teach healthy money habits, it's a different set of health for a different set of persons. You know, everybody has their own unique set of circumstances and, and challenges to work with. And, and, and what we try to do is just honor that and listen to the stories and then allow people to be themselves and make the money work in a way that's most meaningful for them. You also focus on women's wealth and wellness. Tell me a little more about that and the opportunity there. The great part about, uh, you know, working where I am is that I'm just one person, you know, among 16, half of whom are women, and the other half owner of the firm is my wife. And she's got to focus on women's wealth and wellness. And Stacy runs an annual coaching program. It's like three or four weeks long. Uh, the, the, they meet virtually or in person six times. And during that conversational um, 
uh, in, in dialogue. The women become great friends and they open up, but they also follow a really pretty rigorous set of, okay, this is what I promised to do. I'm going to do it by this date plan. And then they follow up with each other uh, for years afterwards. And so this is a program that she that she's um, put on, and I'd love to have her come on and explain exactly how it works. But that that whole process is huge because half, more than half, the the money that's in the world is controlled by women, and the next generation of of women um, have a different set of role models than our generation and our parents' generation of of women role models too. And and you know, just like we were talking about not very long ago, you know, it's not just that. Um, women want to be in the workforce and, and want to run businesses, they're also finding a balance with the family life and, and their own personal creativity and growth. And they face a, just a different set of challenges than men. And it's great to have women advisors with a lot of experience and a whole um, cohort of people you can just trust and be honest and not try and show off for. Uh, they, they really have a great experience. It's fun to be on the outside looking in. Financial literacy is such a big deal, and people want to learn in different ways, and that's just another segment that we have to pay attention to and teach differently. Yeah, I love that. When we started um, years and years ago, you know, I started out as a completely different um, major. I started out in undergrad as an English major, and so I had to teach myself a lot of this. And, and in my first career, before Lehman Brothers bought the firm that I was working for, uh, grew to you know having a lot of financial responsibility and reporting to the president, and 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 made a lot of mistakes <laughs> for that big company, and and you know learned the hard way, and went went back to school to get the MBA and, and my master's of science and finance to really become an indoctrinated and say, oh, you know, I wish I had known this then, mm-hmm. you know. And so when we built our firm, we decided, you know, had we had a little bit more financial education through the public schools, we would have made a bigger difference and bigger impact for all these businesses that a big firm like the, the firm that I started out with had hired a young man like myself right out of college with a little bit more understanding of a balance statement and an income statement, you know it would have been a bigger deal. It would have been a lot of savings that would have been made. And so what we do, you know, in our community, we work with Junior Achievement and other groups, and we coach and we train. We have a number of people on our, um, uh, two actually, who are professors at different schools here in town for the CFP program. And financial literacy is just, a, it's a part of who we are. It's a core belief. And, and we just, you know, put a little bit of that into action and try and share what we know. And, and it's, we get paid in spades. Yeah. From an asset management perspective, it's been a challenging year. Mm-hmm. After a great 10, um, I, what are the difficult conversations are you having? Uh, great question. You know, this is a year of change, and there's a huge opportunity in 2022. So, you know, the big themes that changed at the beginning of this year with Ukraine and Russia's invasion are great long-term opportunities. There's going to be a lot of money to be made eventually. It's, it reminds me personally of the changes that happened 40 years ago in the 80s with defense and energy all of a sudden becoming priorities for not just America, but countries all around the world. And that ushered in a long bull market, and that's what we expect going forward. But this transition is very painful, right? And as Europe becomes more energy independent and as Europe becomes more 
um, aware of its own need for defense again, and as we fear other parts of the world doing the same thing, there's a huge investment opportunity, and it's not just going to be in these industries. That's way too obvious. It's all the other industries that are happening. And, and as we change the way we drive our cars and electrification, huge investment opportunities. As we become more green, there's great investment opportunities. And then inflation makes companies be healthy. So the unhealthy companies will either be merged, bought up, or go away. And so the stronger are going to survive. And, and all of our business owner clients of A&I Financial Services are in those strong companies. They're looking at this as, yeah, we have to roll up our sleeves and work a little harder. But a recession is always temporary. It's usually mild. And the strong companies can find ways to get bigger and better. And plus, it makes it easier to hire. I mean, we're in a world where, you know, right now we've got the great quitting going on or the quiet quitting and the great resignation. Well, you know, you're going to find the best employees and they're going to be a little bit more loyal in the hard times, not in the good times when everybody's throwing them money. So there's a great opportunity in these hard times. And, and maybe they're not over. Maybe we've just got a few more months, I don't know, a year. Who knows how long this is going to last. But the other side of it is fantastic. And one other point for retirees, you know, with inflation comes the higher interest rates. With higher interest rates makes it easier for retirees to get that fixed income because no longer you're getting zeros on your checking accounts and your annuities or whatever else. You're getting a little bit of income that you might be able to live off. Cryptocurrency. I was interviewing a well-known family office on the East Coast, and he said to me, Doug... My clients are in the end zone. Why would I want to put them back on the 20-yard line? And compliance made them take it out of that. But I can say that. But you have to be getting questions. I love that. Well, I think I might agree with your friend on the East Coast. I really might, right? So, you know, in, in the company actually we're working with here, this company here is doing something on crypto, and they can tell you what that story is. I'm not going to tell you what the story is. But there's three things about crypto that really have me worried. And, and number one, you're, you're hanging out with crooks. Like the biggest users of crypto are the people who want to money launder and move the money all around the world. And so, you know, maybe that's changing because the second biggest threat are the corporations. They're making it real. You know, we laughed years ago when um, Facebook, now Meta, created their own currency. We kind of laughed about it. But I got to tell you, you know, United Airlines Miles and Marriott Bonus Points and all the other companies that have these fake currencies, they've been doing this for a while. It really works. So you're competing with big companies, even if you don't want to hang out with the crooks. But the third is the government. And the government always wins. You're always going to pay your taxes in government dollars. So, so crypto as a currency, just to me, does not make sense. As a technology, I keep getting these really compelling stories about how crypto can track things cheaply and, you know, great. Sounds really interesting. I'll buy the company that actually uses it <laughs> and not the currency itself. Being a generational advisor, what are your thoughts about the industry as a whole? Uh, you know, we've got a great opportunity. So I'm in this, I'm Generation X, I'm 50 years old, and, and I'm right in the hourglass of a very small demographic. The generation behind me, the younger generation, is huge. And I just don't buy into the thought that there's not enough younger people. I just don't think they know about it yet. And I think it's our job to tell them that. So the generation just a little bit older than me, you know, they're selling, they're, you know, the huge RAs are becoming huger because they're able to conglomerate all of these people. Well, I think that there's a generation older than me that's looking for a firm about our size. So if they're the right personality fit, they'll work. And the next generation underneath of us, I just think we need to introduce ourselves because what we did this year that never worked in the past, but we always hired one or two young people, one person at a time. This year we said, forget it. We're just throwing money at it. We're going to hire three at a time because 
our generation is, you know, not as much fun as their generation. And it worked. The three of them became great friends. They're working productively together. They're sharing. And, and I think all three of them are going to be a huge success in our industry. And, and maybe next year we do something like that, too, where we just hire more than one of the next generation so that they can learn from each other. There's a little bit more fun in the office, a little bit more energy. Plus, they actually show up. It's not all remote workers. It's fun to see people in the office again. It is. And that kind of dovetails to my next question is, what advice do you have for the younger generation as they s- explore a career Maybe as an advisor. I love that. You know, just be honest with yourself. And don't try to be something that you're not. And and if you don't know what it is, there's too much to know to begin with. Just be honest about not knowing it. And, and you'll find that the, the my generation and the older generation, you know, the experience that's out there is very understanding to it. But you don't want to try to fake it. You just want to be 100% honest. And you'll learn much faster, and you'll make it uh, a much bigger success. And then, and then the second thing is just go ahead and do it. Be be courageous and make the mistakes because, you know, that's how we learned, right? And 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 that younger generation has been given a much bigger um, cushion underneath of them than certainly I had. When, and and I don't ever want to repeat for any generation what my generation and the older generations had to do, where you know the cold calling and the you know, the the stuff that. Um, led to a lot of ethical violations by some people. You know, this generation doesn't have to worry about that. As we provide them a cushion and we give them a little bit of a base income and we teach them the right way to do this business and be a fiduciary from the onset, uh, they still have to have the courage to, to make the mistake and, and know that there's people behind them that'll keep any mistake from being really dangerous for themselves, for the firm, or most especially, the client will still be safe. I'm going to get you out of here with this question. You're also a football coach. <laughs> What have those kids taught you? Oh, man. Football. Um, you know, when I think about how much I love it, and it was something that got me, you know, through my teenage years and, and raising these kids, and now they're in high school. So, you know, we, we brought them from, from Midget into, the, in, into Colorado's best uh, football program. Um, I'm not going to mention their name. People in Colorado know who they are uh, because they're just dominating. The, the, the high school is just dominating. Um, it might be a little bit of perseverance. It might be a little bit of, um, of you know, work, extra work all the time. But honestly, it's just about laughing and having fun. So our group of coaches, I was the least qualified of our group of coaches. Um, you know, they were uh, really, really fun. You know, I worked a little harder just to keep up with those guys. Uh, but our kids just had a great, great time. And so a lot of the kids we coached, are not going to be able to play at the high school level. A lot of them, you know, a lot of the kids are at the high school level now at the best program in the state, um, will not go on to college. But they all had a really good time in our coaching program. All of them are going to have great memories. And there's something about that in life, you know, like maybe you're never going to be the biggest, maybe you're never going to be the best according to other people. But, man, you can have the best experience in life just by being who you are. Carl, thanks so much for being with us today. It was just a pleasure to spend time with you. It was mutual. I really enjoyed the opportunity. Thank you. Please follow us for the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.